are you guys doing this evening? Man, you know what? You ladies showed up tonight. I don't know if you could feel the energy that was in this room in this time. I don't know, you know, what you guys walked in here with tonight, but there is something so powerful about a group of women gathering together and worshiping and declaring who God is and how great he is and how amazing he is and how he can change our circumstances and our situation. So I'm so glad that you guys are here. And I have something that, a message actually that God laid on my heart probably about three or four months ago when I knew that She Gathering was coming up. And it's this message that has just kind of been marinating and sitting and I've just been waiting to be able to deliver this message to you guys. And I believe that this is a message that is straight from God to your heart. This is not Shayla. This is not something that, that I have come up with. This is literally something that is like, Shayla, I want you to communicate it to these women that are going to be at She Gathering. And so I hope that tonight you guys will lean in, that you'll listen to what God has prepared specifically for each and every one of you guys. Well, how many of you guys in life, how many of you guys feel a little stuck in life? In some area in life, you know, some area of life you just kind of feel stuck, whether it's stuck relationally, whether it's stuck in a decision that you're not quite sure what to do and you're just kind of paralyzed and you're just sitting back and you're like, I just feel stuck because I'm not really sure what to do. Maybe it's stuck because of what someone did to you or said to you and it just kind of put you into this place where you just feel stuck in a position in life. Maybe it's a situation with your kids where your kids have been making some decisions and you just don't know what to do to be able to lead them in the right direction and you just kind of feel stuck and you feel paralyzed by the, the mountain that's in front of you and not really knowing what to do to move forward. Maybe it's stuck because of anxiety or depression. But I think the reality is that so many of us walk through life and there's some sort of area that we just feel like we're stuck and we don't know how to move beyond this one point, this one place in our life. You know, when I was growing up, I, I played sports and I played on a softball team. I've been telling a lot of softball stories lately. I don't know what is that. Maybe I'm just reminiscing about my childhood. I don't even know what it is. But so I played on this traveling softball team, and we were going around throughout the state of Florida, and we went to this one tournament, and in order to get to the field that we needed to be on, there was like this long fence that you literally had to walk around the whole fence to get to the field that you were going to play on. I was like, a man certainly designed this, because women, we are way more efficient and smarter than that. And so our team is like making this trek around this really long fence and we get halfway there and I'm like, no, this is not happening. I am a very competitive person. I'm like, I am the first person there. I am going to beat every single one of these girls, every single one of these coaches. So I decide I am going to climb over the fence and I'm going to take the shortcut. And so I, I didn't realize quite at the time how tall the fence was when I decided to make this trek, but I, I was committed, so I did it anyways. And so I'm climbing up this fence, and, you know, when you're young, you're, like, agile, and you think you can do everything, and, you know, I've, I've wised up a little bit in my older age, but, so I'm climbing this fence, and I get to the very top, and I turn around, and I just sit on the fence, and I'm, like, waving at my team, like, ha, I'm here first. And all of a sudden, I decide, you know what, I'm just going to jump off the fence and just, you know, land on the ground. What do you think happened? <laughs> 
So I go and I push myself off the fence while my shorts got caught. You guys, literally, I was dangling from my shorts on the fence. My legs were not caught on anything. My shorts were just hanging there and I am like kicking my feet going, coach, coach. And here comes my team walking up while I am literally stuck on the fence. And somebody had to, you know, maneuver their way up there to try to get me down. And my shorts had completely ripped all the way through. It was so embarrassing. But doesn't life feel like that sometimes? Sometimes in life, you just feel like, I'm stuck, and I just really, I don't know what to do. And sometimes when we're stuck, we need other people to come and help us get unstuck. And this is what She Gathering is all about. This is a place where as women, we can encourage each other. We can champion each other. We can help raise each other up. We can speak life into each other. I am so tired of a day and age of criticism where we walk around and we criticize each other. And, and we, we almost make each other feel stuck by the things that we do. But She Gathering is a place where we're going to help each other get unstuck in life where we're going to walk around and encourage one another and build one another up. And I don't care if you feel like you're stuck in life or you feel like you're not stuck. Both places, you're, you're both needed. Because the person that's stuck needs the person that's unstuck to help them down. And so no matter what season of life you're in, this is a place where you are valued, where you are needed. It's a place for us to heal and to help. And so tonight, I want to talk to you guys about a story in the Bible of this guy who is simply stuck in life. He actually had an infirmity for 38 years. He had an issue in his body. I don't know what that issue was. It just says it was an infirmity. Maybe it was mental. Maybe it was physical. I'm not sure what it was. But for 38 years, this man felt stuck. And I'm sure every single one of us can to relate to this guy as I read this story. And I'm just going to read it to you out of John chapter 5, verse 1 through 9. It says this. Afterward, Jesus returned to Jerusalem for one of the, for one of the Jewish holy days. Inside the city near the sheep gate was the pool of Bethesda with five covered porches. I can't read tonight. I'm so excited. I'm just like... Crowds of sick people, blind, lame, or paralyzed, lay on the porches waiting for certain movement in the water. For an angel of the Lord came from time to time and stirred up the water, and the first person in after the water was stirred was healed from whatever disease he had. This man is sitting at this pool waiting for this angel to come down and stir it up, and then everybody goes and tries to jump in the pool. One of the men lying there, this man had been sick for 38 years. And when Jesus saw him, he knew he had been ill for a long time. Listen, Jesus knows exactly what it is in your life that has you stuck. He knows how long you've been stuck. He knows what you have been stuck with. And he is looking at you and he's saying, I know what you're going through. I know what you're walking through. And Jesus asked him, would you like to be made well? Really? This guy goes, I can't, sir, the sick man said, for I have no one to put me in the pool when the water bubbles up. Someone always gets there ahead of me. And Jesus told him, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. 
And instantly, the man was healed, and he rolled up his sleeping mat, and he began to walk. Let me tell you guys something. One encounter with Jesus can change everything. One moment with Jesus, one touch from Jesus can change everything. And here's what I know. This man had the infirmity for 38 years. One moment with Jesus, it said he was instantly healed. But here's what I know in that. If he had been sick for 38 years, lying there for 38 years, he had to learn how to live a new life, and that is not easy. And here's what I believe, you guys. Jesus is here tonight. And he sees every single space in your heart. He sees every single difficulty. He sees all of the places where you're stuck. And for one moment, he can show up and everything can change for you. And ladies, Jesus is here and anything can happen. And you are here for a specific reason in life. And I don't know what you guys, what place you guys are in or where you might feel stuck. And the reality is you might not even know you're stuck tonight. You might not even know that you're walking through something, but the reality is there are so many things along the way that cause us to be stuck. There's so many things that cause us along the way to begin to lay out of our mat. Whether it's disappointment, whether it's something that somebody said to us, it doesn't matter what it is, but there's sometimes we we reach this place where we get stuck so bad that we just begin to settle in. And as I was thinking about this, I I was thinking, you know what, in all of our lives, what are the things that keep us on our mat? What are the things that keep us stuck in these places in life? And I think the first thing that keeps us stuck in life is this, is that the pain of recovery is too great. I remember hearing a story of this one woman one time, and she had a skiing accident. And her and her family had started off on on this vacation, and they were going on this amazing vacation to obviously go skiing, and this woman was a daredevil. And I can imagine she's probably like my husband. My husband is, like, insane. He's crazy. When you go skiing with TJ, he's the one that is, like, straight down like this and, like, straight down the slope on, like, the black. And he's like, watch out, people. And that's probably what this lady was like. She was a daredevil. But during this skiing incident she fell and she broke her leg in several places how many of you guys know an amazing vacation suddenly turned terrible and joy turned into painful free and upright turned down to on the mat aka in the bed for months this woman's leg was broken so badly it had the potential of affecting her ability to walk in the future And she asked the doctor, she said, doctor, can I be made well? Can you fix my leg? Can I be 100% again? And listen to the doctor's reply. You will recover to the degree you are willing to embrace the pain of recovery. You will recover to the degree you are willing to embrace the pain of recovery. And isn't that the truth? You know what? Sometimes the comeback takes longer than the setback. You know, it takes one instance to mess up in in our marriage. It takes one instant to break a bone in our body. It takes one moment to make a bad choice. But how many of you guys know sometimes it takes years to recover from those things? And sometimes there there have been things that have happened in our life. 
And we begin to, to settle in to the hurt. We begin to settle in to the disappointment. And we began to settle into these places and we began to sit on our mat. And the reason we stay here so many times is because the pain of recovery is too great. I mean, if you look at somebody in recovery, you look at a drug addict, a porn addict, an alcoholic, you know, a food addict, any of those things, you fall in and out of good days. It's difficult to, to walk towards your healing. It's difficult to stand up out of your mat at times because the pain of recovery is too great. You have to face these things that are difficult. And so, so many times we look and we think, well, you know what? It's just easier to stay down because the pain of recovery is just too great. And Jesus asked this man an interesting question. He asked this man, would you like to be made well? He knew this guy had been sick for 38 years. I mean, anyone would want to be made well if you've been sick and lying there for 38 years. But Jesus asked this question. I think Jesus had a why behind what he was asking. There was a reason he asked this question. Anytime Jesus asks a question that is so obvious a two-year-old could answer it, like you need to ask yourself, why is he asking this? Why is he saying, do you want to be made well from a man who is obviously wants to be made well? And I think he was saying this. He was saying, my friend, are you willing to endure the pain of recovery that it will take to get off this mat? Here's what I want to ask you tonight. In your pain, in the places that you're stuck, in your disappointment, in your fear, in whatever it is, that situation that you're facing, do you want to be made well? Do you want to embrace the pain of recovery? The second thing that I, I think keeps us settled in to our mat is this, is excuses. You know, this man, he says, I can't because there's no one to put me in the water. I can't because nobody is here to help me. You guys, I can relate to that sometimes. Sometimes we're walking through things and we're thinking, no one is here to freaking pick me up. You know what? I'm here for everybody else. I'm, mom, I'm a mom. I'm a mother. I'm all these things. And I'm helping everyone else. But who's going to help me? And we begin to settle into our mat because we just begin to make excuses. Well, if my husband was a little bit different and he acted a little bit different, then it would be easier for me to move forward. If I was in a different situation financially, it's because of my financial situation that I have to stay right here. It's because I have, nobody ever reaches out to me, and so you know what? I'm just ill because nobody ever wants to help me. The problem is our excuses don't change our situation. They actually keep us stuck. We begin to make all of these, I'll do it tomorrow. I'll work on my marriage tomorrow. I'll have that conversation tomorrow and we begin to excuse our way because it's just easier to stay on the mat. And Jesus is saying, do you want to be made well? So what are the excuses that you have in your life that are keeping you stuck on that mat? The last thing that I see in the story that keeps us stuck on our mat is comparison. 
at the end of this thing that this guy is telling Jesus, he says this, someone always gets there ahead of me. And isn't that the truth? You know what? When we're, when we're stuck in our pain, when we're stuck in the disappointment, when we're stuck in whatever it is in life, we're sitting here and you know what? It's so easy to look around and you think, man, I'm single and I just so desperately want to be married. And all of a sudden we look around and everybody's getting married. We're going, I don't know what's wrong with me. And we just begin to, to settle in. Or you look around and you think, oh my gosh, how do they have such an incredible marriage? I mean, my husband's not like Shayla's husband, TJ. <laughs> and you look around and you just think, well, they just, it just seems like they have their lives so together. And we begin to compare and look around, but the reality is our marriage takes work. And when we're looking around and we're seeing other people's situations and we're seeing what other people are come out of, you don't see the behind the scenes of their life. And you just begin to settle in to the places that you're stuck because you're looking around and you're just thinking, well, I, she got there and I couldn't do that. Or we start scrolling on social media and we see all the amazing things that are happening for other people and nothing that is happening for us. And we just sink deeper and deeper into our mat. TJ did a great message on comparison a couple weeks ago. You guys should go back and listen to it because it was phenomenal. But these are things that just keep us stuck in the difficult moments in life. They keep us down on our mat because we're constantly looking around at other people and we just think, well, I can't be where they are. And we just begin to settle in. But here's what I know. Jesus showed up on the scene and he said, do you want to be made well? And Jesus is here tonight and healing is here tonight and Jesus is present in this room and at the name of Jesus, everything can change. And he's here and he's asking you, do you want to be made well? But here's what I've realized so many times. You have to be active in your healing. It's available to you. You just have to begin to walk in it. So how do we begin to get up off of our mat? How do we stand up from the places that have us stuck? How do we move beyond being stuck in these spaces for so long? And I think it's, it's so simple, but it's not easy. And Jesus gives such a beautiful picture of it, and it's so simplistic, but very difficult to walk out. And Jesus says to this man in John 5, 8, he says, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And I think the first thing that we need to do if we want to begin to move beyond the areas that we're stuck, if we want to move beyond the spaces that we just feel trapped or alone or difficulty or defeated, if we want to move beyond those places, what we have to begin to do is stand up. What we have to begin to do is go, my circumstances not, might not change right now, but I have got to begin to stand up and say, this thing that I am walking through, it does not define me. 
I'm going to stand up out of my pain. I'm going to stand up out of my difficulty. I'm going to stand up out of these things that seem to be plaguing my life. And we have to make a choice to go, you know what? It ends now. I am going to stand up. Had that man not stood up, he would have never been able to walk away. He would have sat there healed for a very long time. And healing is present here today. But you have got to begin to stand up. And not to allow those things to define you anymore. Not to be the victim anymore. Not to allow the negativity to control your mind. Not to begin to be a slave to your circumstances, but to stand up in spite of them. So tonight you need to quit sitting on your mat and you need to make a choice. I'm going to stand up out of this. And then Jesus says this. He says, I want you to pick up your mat. And it's so interesting, when Jesus says, I want you to pick up your mat, you would think, why do you want me to pick up my mat, this place that I've been for so long? Why, why do, I don't want to bring that mat with me. Like, I want to leave that stuff behind. But I think what Jesus is telling this man is he's saying, pick up your mat. This doesn't define you anymore. This is not a place that you reside anymore. This is something that you need to pick up, that you need to move on from, that, that you don't need to go back and you don't need to sit in this. You need to begin to pick up your mat because do you know what this mat becomes? This becomes something that you walk around with that becomes your testimony. This is what I've overcome. This is what I have defeated. This is what you can get up from too. This does not define me anymore. So he says, stand up, pick up your mat. This is not a place for you to live. This is not a place for you to reside. Stand up, pick up your mat, move forward. And then he says, number three, you need to walk. And this is really action in life. This is walking out of the places that we're in. Maybe for you, the walking is as you stand up, as you pick up your mat, maybe it's to start counseling. Maybe it's to be active in your healing. Maybe it's to begin to live in community and allow other people to remind you, no, 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 you aren't defined by this anymore. Maybe it's to start learning to take captive your thoughts or start eating right and exercising. It's walking out your healing. And so many times we, we stay stuck in a place for so long that you almost forget how to walk. You forget how to move forward, and the reality is, sometimes in recovery, when you've been sitting so long and it's been so difficult, you need other people in your life to help you to begin to move, to help you begin to walk forward. And Jesus is saying, listen, stand up, pick up your mat, and then walk. Be active in your healing. Because you know what? Jesus can do the miraculous. He can heal things in a moment, but there are so many times when I've seen Jesus, the, the, the healing is available, but people are just sitting there and going, well, God, when you fix my finances, then I'll know I'm healed. And he's going, when you get a budget, then you'll be healed. <laughs> like, you need to begin to walk these things out. To begin to walk in your healing. And I believe that God wants to bring health to so many areas of our life where we're stuck. And honestly, you guys, I've had to walk this out in a huge way in my life. Over this past year, 
It's been one of the difficult, most difficult years I've ever walked through. And honestly, I'm still walking out my healing. And the pain is still very much present in my life. And many of you, like Pastor TJ has shared our story a lot lately, and he's been very transparent and open about it. And I've been positive. But to be honest with you guys, I've been on my mat. You know, TJ and I have been married, it'll be 20 years this year. And it's incredible. And about five years into our marriage, we were trying to have kids, and TJ and I were, were planners. We are so planners. We're like, okay, we're going to have two kids. This is what their names are going to be. It's a boy and it's a girl. And, like, we're, you know, telling God all these things. Literally to the point, you guys, we bought when our dream home. We decorated the rooms for a boy and a girl. Like, we were like, this, God, this is what you're going to do. And I remember we continued to try to have kids, and that was TJ's absolute favorite part. <laughs> Why are you here? This is... This is serious. So we tried to have kids for a while, and it just wasn't happening. And I remember going to the doctor and sitting down with the doctor. And to make a long story short, we ended up getting news that there was pretty much a 0% chance that we would never have children. And it was like in that moment, so much of my hopes and my dreams and all of the things that I had so desperately wanted in my life were gone in an instant. I'm so thankful I serve a God that heals the broken places of our life. That brings freedom in the places of disappointment. And fast forward about 14 years to about a year and a half, no, about two years ago. God began to move in my heart and he began to show me, like, Shayla, you guys, you guys have space in your house. You have space in your heart. You have room to love. I want you to begin to, to love my children. And so we decided to become foster parents. And foster care is like this brutal thing. It's like brutal and beautiful all at the same time. And we decided to, to be foster parents. And I knew going into foster care that man, I was gonna love on this kid, but the goal of that was to reunify them with their, with their parents. And my heart was so there, I was like, I'm gonna love this kid, I'm gonna take care of this kid, and then I'm gonna be able to, to give them back to their parents as they've gotten their life together. And I remember getting a phone call for our very first placement. And there was this little boy who was five days old who we were gonna bring home from the hospital. 
And we showed up to, to pick up this little boy, and both TJ and I, who have never had kids, are trying to put this five-day-old baby in a car seat. And I was like, dear Lord, please let there be no cameras around here. Let there be no one watching, because oh, this is terrible. We secured the kid in the car seat, and we get home, and... It's, it was crazy how much love you could have for a child that you just met. And I remember still thinking, you know what, God, I'm just stewarding this child for a season. And I kept my heart in that place, and I knew that, you know what, one day I'm going to have to give him back to his parents who are restored and who are good and all of those different things. And we had this little baby for what was a month, and then two months, and then three months, and then a year. And right around the eight-month to a year mark, we were at a court hearing, and adoption was added to the table. And at that moment, my heart shifted. I said, Lord, this is my son. God, this is what I've been praying for for so long. And everything shifted in my heart, and I was so incredibly overjoyed at the possibility that this could be my forever child. And I remember going a few months, because in the foster care system, it can be years until things happen. But I remember going through the next few months and our foster son's dad had begun to get his life together, which was incredible. It's what you hope for, it's what you want. But that case began to shift. And my heart was already with that child. And as it began to look more and more like my son was going to be reunited with his biological dad, I started to lay out my mat. And I was still positive and I was still going and I did everything that I could to set that child and his dad up for success. But inside, heart was breaking and I'll never forget the day that we had the final court hearing and we showed up and this was going to be the day that our son was reunited with his dad and I don't think the court system really knew what to do with TJ and I <laughs> because that day I had built a great relationship with his dad, and that day, after custody had been restored for Alexander's father, we said, hey, let's, let's take you home. He got in the car with us, and we drove to his house. And I had to drop my son off for the last time. I remember getting in the car and TJ was a wreck. 
And somehow I just wasn't crying. I was just strong and I was solid and it was going to be okay. And I started asking myself, Am I, is everything okay with me? And I got home that night and I laid down to go to sleep and I started sobbing. Because my heart was broken. And I believe that Alexander's in a good spot, and I believe that his father's an amazing guy, and that's how it should have been. But for me, that night when I was sobbing in my bed, I sat down on the mat I had laid out. And I said, God, I'm mad. I'm disappointed. How could you let my heart believe for this and not do it? And I settled in. And I just laid there. And you guys, I would be present at church and I would be smiling and I would be positive. But inside I was laying down. And I didn't know if I even wanted to get back up. The pain was so great that honestly I just didn't even care. And I just started to settle in and I just was like, you know what, I don't, I don't want to lead people. There's just so many things, God, I'm disappointed in. And I remember getting to this point a couple months ago where I felt like Jesus was saying, Shayla, do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? And in that moment, I knew I had a decision to make. But in order for me to make that decision, I had to have a why on why I was getting up from this mat. Because honestly, my circumstance was still the same. My son was still gone. The disappointment was still there. I had to have a reason to get off this mat. So when I felt like God was asking me that question, do you want to be made well? And I said, why do I want to be made well? And honestly, you guys, you are my why. My husband is my why. This church is my why. God's purpose is my why to begin to stand up off of this mat and to begin to decide to walk in the purpose and the freedom and the victory that God has given me because circumstantially things are not different, but I am different. And I don't know what your why needs to be today. Maybe your why is your kids. Maybe they don't need to see you walk in that fear or depression anymore. Maybe your why is you want to see your marriage restored. 
I don't know what your why is, but we need to begin to stand up off of our mat, to begin to roll up this mat, and I began to say, Lord, that disappointment, it no longer defines me. I'm not going to sit in that place anymore. I'm not going to reside in that place anymore. In fact, today, you guys, is the first time I'm sharing this story, and this is my testimony. This is God using pain to help you get up off of your mat and to begin to walk in freedom and to walk in healing. And I'm going to invite the band to come back out here because I want to do something a little bit different. Across this room, Susie, will you bring that up and just lay it out on the front of the stage? Over here in the corner, there's this pink mat with some markers. In this back corner, there's a pink mat with some markers. And lying on the stage is a pink mat with markers. Here's what I know. There's a lot of you in this room that you need to get up out of the places that you're stuck. You need to stand up tonight. You need to take action tonight. You need to acknowledge what it is that you are walking out of today. What you are stepping out of today. What you are standing up out of today. Because you need to be active in your healing. And so we're going to sing this song, Waymaker. And what I want you guys to do is if you know there's a place in your life that you're stuck, that you need to stand up out of. I want you today to get up out of your seat. And to go to one of these mats, and I want you to write down what it is that you're standing up out of tonight. For me, my word that I wrote down here last night was disappointment. Standing up out of that today. Maybe you need prayer. There's some prayer teams that are in this corner over here and this corner over here that if you want to pray with somebody as the song plays, that you can do that. But I want to encourage you guys. Make a choice today to stand up out of it, to write down what you're walking away from, and let's worship the God that has healing for you in this season of your life. Amen.